of um, March and goes through the um, the 18th of um, let's see uh, no 18th of May it's almost three months this time one two three four five six seven eight nine Fridays this is brother um, Murray they are going back again this year to South Africa and they're asking people everywhere to give them a prayer covering to be much in prayer they had some situations arise uh, last time while they was over there that there were some people got in trouble and even there's been some kidnapping going on but um, God's protection was with them and he knows it's because people over here were praying for for them and fasting and um, starting the 23rd um, each Friday it's been given to us our church to uh, use that day in fasting and prayer we did this um, um, we've done this before and this is going to be one of these is already up on the board back there if you would like to take a Friday we need um, um, some people to take one and say I'm going to commit to praying for Brother Murray um, and his um, the party that's going over there that God will bless them on the bottom of this they got a list of things you'd ask you to pray for while you're praying for them um, you can just put a little X a check mark or something uh, on whatever particular Friday that you would like to take and um, help us out as we're going to be doing that and praying for them and um, in this work missions work that they are doing uh, for the kingdom of good God well, God is good and all the time let's give him a hand clap of praise tonight hallelujah <laughs> glory to God we're going to get started into the word this evening and um, we um, again thankful for everybody that's here uh, enjoy the service um, this this morning and by the way the um you heard Sister Moore talking about um, the cards that she has passed out. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many hundreds that she has passed out. Quite a few of them, and um, um, we got we got some that's on uh, the table back there. All of our members, every one of us, should have have a few of these. Um, in our purse, in your purse or, or wallet at all the time uh, because if you have an opportunity to give somebody something and these are the, these are the nicest cards that we've ever had um, they are really uh, pretty and shiny uh, with a different card and then the, the, um, uh, the map on back that shows where the church is at and then this, uh, there's a uh, gray area down the bottom here and um, right above that gray area, it says, please be my guest. You have been invited by, and you put your name. I got wrote down there on this one, Pastor Pruitt. And um, when I'm out somewhere, uh, Walmart, Kroger's, or whatever, and I'm talking to somebody, and we mentioned church, hand them one. And um, what that is doing is sowing seed. Uh, and um, you know what um, uh, God can't bless seed that you don't sow amen whether it be given uh, whether it be given financially or ever how you give it you've got to give it first you've got to plant it if you expect a harvest from it amen so that's important but I just wanted to mention that and um, and I didn't realize myself that's how I come at I mean, you actually got a place there to put your name at the bottom to let people know who it was that invited you. And um, that is really, really good. Praise the Lord. Um, 
how many people here believe in prayer? Um, do you believe God answers prayer? I have heard some people say, well, I prayed, I prayed to God about something, and never did answer me. I believe God answers every prayer. I believe he answers every prayer. He might not answer the way you want it. He might not answer in the affirmative. And that's what I'm going to be talking about a little bit tonight. If you pray for me, I'm, I'm so thankful. Um, I'm going to be setting up, Darlene has been on to me for a long time. And it don't seem that my, seem like my regular doctor can get this problem I got cleared up. I have had it ever since I had pneumonia last year. But um, I'm still, I can, I just got a rattling right here and uh, stuff that I, I still get to coughing, and especially when I get to try to sing or, or talk or whatever. And I'm, I told her, I said, well, I'm giving in. I'm going to cry, Uncle. I'm on, there's a specialist, up, uh, a lung doctor up um, in Hendersonville. She goes to, I'm going to call and make an appointment, see if I can get there. Because I thought I was going to have to just stop today. Um, it was affecting me so bad, but people began to pray for me. And I was able to finish that message, and I'm thankful for that. So you continue the prayers tonight, if you would. We're going to the book of Genesis, chapter 17 this evening. And we're going to read verses 15 through 19 for our opening text. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then, uh, then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart. Now, we're always talking about Abraham and his great faith. Abraham had some times of wavering himself. Amen. I mean, there are areas in his life that even Abraham had a little difficulty. And at this time right here, Bible says uh, he fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, he didn't speak it out loud, but he said it in his heart. Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Now, he was exaggerating just a little. He wasn't quite 100. He was 99 year old at the time, but he was uh, right there at it. Shall Sarah? who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now I want you to picture this in your mind. I want you to look at that and I want you to see the anguish inside Abraham and the desire about Ishmael. He said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Verse 19, then God said, no. Then God said, no. Before I finish reading this, I just want to tell you, I was looking at this scripture first in the um, original King James, and it leaves out this word right here, no. But the new King James says no. The amplified version says no. 
I looked at two or three other different versions, and they all had no. So I'm fairly sure that God told Abraham here, no. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. I am directing your attention to the 19th verse where it said, Then God said, No. Let's pray. Father, we come tonight and we thank you and praise you for the strength that you give us to be here. We honor you and we love you, Lord. Thanking you for your goodness and your grace that you bring us each and every day. I'm asking God you to help us tonight to minister, touch the infirmities of our bodies, and also in our spirit. Help us, God, to be able to do what you would have us to do tonight. And everything's accomplished. We give you the praise. Let the church say, God bless you. You can be seated. Thinking about this, I want to preach tonight for a few minutes on the subject titled, When God Says No. When God Says No. Now, over the years of trying to serve the Lord, I've discovered from the Scripture and also from personal experience that God loves to answer our prayers and to grant the petitions that we desire of him. And when he grants our request, we become ecstatic and amazed that the God of the universe cares enough to answer the prayer of one that is born of the dust of the earth. Hallelujah. I'm nothing in his sight. I'm nothing. I don't amount to anything compared to all the universe and everything that God has created. But there are times I know he has answered my prayers. And when I, I see the witness of a prayer that he has answered, I stand amazed. Because sometimes I pray some prayers, and I have a feeling some of you do the same thing. Sometimes I pray some prayers that really seem silly and insignificant. There have been times I prayed prayers for a family pet. What? I believe that God loves us enough that he cares about what I care about. And I believe that he's concerned with the things that I'm concerned about. I've laid hands on a battery there at 4 o'clock and get back around and get in the car, turn the ignition, and she would crank. God knows that's the truth. When I was in the years we were traveling and going in revivals, in different places. And beside that, even when I wasn't traveling about in the revivals, when I was just trying to go to work every day, get up early in the morning, head out to work and get around them, that old battery dead. And the battery being dead wasn't as bad as my pocketbook being empty. And I prayed, Lord, you know I don't have the money to buy a new battery right now. Back in those days, didn't have a credit card. I couldn't buy it on credit if I wanted to. I said, Lord, let this car start and let this battery carry me back and forth to work until I get the money that I can buy one. Close that hood down, 
Hey, I'll tell you, it was an old green 1972 Plymouth Dusters, the car it was. Closed that hood, went back around there and turned that key and she cranked and didn't even drag. And I drove that, I drove that car to payday and I got paid and, uh, and paid the bills that we had and bought a few groceries, had a few dollars left in my pocket. I go out to the car, try to crank it, guess what? God listens to your prayers. I say, well, maybe I should have prayed for God to let this thing last a little longer. Because if I go buy a new battery, I'm going to be broke, but I do have the money to go buy one, and that's what I prayed for. For God to let it work until I had the money to go buy one. So God loves to answer our prayers. And we become ecstatic and amazed that the God of the universe cares enough of us to answer the prayer of one that is born of just the dust of the earth. And especially when I think of the insignificant that I am in this world. But we should never forget, church, that the Lord of the universe isn't under any obligation to say yes to every prayer that we pray. God's not obligated to you. He's not obligated to me. I've done a lot of reading about what they call the millennial generation, and I don't know if it's true or, or, or not, but the way they talk about the millennial generation that the most of them do believe in God or a high power, believe his only purpose is just to help us when we got a problem. But I'm going to tell you what, the God I serve, if you don't serve him when you don't have a problem, you better not go to him when you do have a problem. And I can give you scripture about that also. So God is not under any obligation to say yes to every prayer that we pray. Sometimes the Lord will step in and say no to even the most heartfelt longing and desire you got. Hallelujah. He don't say yes every time. He answers your prayer every time, but that silence that you're getting from God just might be a no. No, it's not at your best interest at this time. I can't do this right now. And it's hard when we don't get a yes every time from God when we know he's able to do it. People who has got terminal diseases Pray to be delivered. Pray to be healed. But the answer sometimes is no. And when you realize we know he's able to do it, sometimes we as human beings, God, why did you allow this? I've heard my dad tell the story time and time again of how his father died at a young age. My dad wasn't but 15-year-old when my uh, grandfather died, and he was the oldest one of seven kids, and he was at the house the night before that he died when the little old country doctor come in with a little small black bag and went to his dad's bedside. And when he come out of the room, my father heard that doctor tell my grandmother, tomorrow, by such and such time, he'll be gone. He won't last any longer. My daddy said he went out back to the old barn, 
fell on his knees and he prayed and prayed and prayed about all night long. Dad would always say, but his prayer wasn't answered. But I say his prayer was answered. But God said no. Why he said no, I don't know. And I'm here to tell you tonight and tell those who's watching by means of the internet tonight, there's going to be a lot of times God does things that you don't understand. There's going to be a lot of times you're going to pray and you hope God says yes, but God will say no. And you won't never understand why in this life. But you'll understand it better by and by. Praise God. God will help us to understand that. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, <clears throat> as I'm still laying the foundation of this, it's in those times when God says no that we are brought back to the realization of the sovereignty of God and that he is the one in control. Sometimes we have to be reminded of that. Sometimes we have to be reminded that it's God that's in the driver's seat, not me or you. It's kind of like what you see them. The old license plate people used to put on the car. God is my co-pilot. But if God is your co-pilot, you need to change seats. Hallelujah. God ain't ever been cold nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He ain't even cold in the Godhead. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As Brother Rigsby used to say all the time, Jesus is not Jehovah Jr. Think about that and let that sink in. God is in control. And he knows our needs better than we do. And we got to remember and listen to this close. We have got to remember, church, that it is we who must fit into God's plan, not the other way around. Did you get what I said? I'm talking about now the reason and why God says you know sometimes. He's God. You're not. And I have got to fit into his plan. I can't expect God to fit into my plan. Even though I don't understand all the details about him, I have got to trust him that he knows best. And I believe what the Word says, that God will withhold no good thing from those who walk up right before him. Amen. If what I'm praying for, God tells me no, i got to trust him that he knows best. And that somewhere down the line, it must not going to work out good for me. Because if it, if it did, the scripture, I quoted what it said. So when God says no, we must say yes to his divine and perfect will for our life. When God says no, you've got to say yes to his will. You need to make a practice of that. You need to make a habit of that. If God tells you no, you tell him yes to your will. The same way that Jesus prayed in the garden. Let this cup pass from me. I don't want to die come sun up, especially on the cross, as bad as the crucifixion death is. Let this cup pass from me. That was a prayer that was prayed by Jesus. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise. Glory to God. 
I want to talk about victims of our own indiscretions. What in the world are you talking about, Brother Sammy? There's some things that happen in Abraham's life that he couldn't blame God for. He couldn't blame the devil for them. And I don't understand some people. Every time things don't go their right, their, their way, they're all the time saying, well, the devil did this and the devil did that. I'm going to tell you something. The devil don't have half the power you try to give him. And if you're a child of God, he don't have that control over your life. Amen. Sometimes we, the same way as Abraham, we become victims of our own indiscretions. Now, the word indiscretion, according to the dictionary, means to be careless, to be reckless, and simply putting, it means just to make a blunder. Somebody had an indiscretion about something, that means they were careless about something. They were reckless about doing something. Or simply, they just made a blunder. I wonder how many blunder makers we've had here. Hallelujah. I went over to Brother Paul's house one time a couple of years ago. Went over there to bar his air because I had to put some new brake pads on. I've been doing this for years. I even did it for a living for a little while. I got them pads on. Something wasn't right by a long shot. I couldn't figure it out. About that time Brother Paul came out of there and he looked. <laughs> Let me have that branch, Brother Sammy. I done put the pads on backwards. I, did, I didn't have the right part facing the rotor. I had the metal part facing the rotor. Brother Paul said, hey, I won't tell if you don't. <laughs> I told on myself. That was my blunder. I couldn't make it, I couldn't blame the manufacturing of the brakes. I couldn't blame, even though, even though I might want to, I couldn't blame the others as a Ford. It was all on me. You know what bothers me about the day and age we live in, living in today? Nobody wants to fess up and take the blame and say, it, it's, it's me. Nobody wants to say, I'm going to own this. I'm messed up. But I'm here to tell you tonight, church, amen. God is willing to, as, as Sister Catherine said a while ago, she'll give you the first, second, third, fourth, ever how many chances. You, but to get those chances, you've got to own up to your own. You've got to own it. Somebody was talking about this morning in Sunday school how Adam passed the book to Eve and Eve passed the book to the serpent. <laughs> serpent went around was going to pass it. He didn't find nobody else. It was it. I'm sure if it had been somebody else, he would have passed it too. We become victims of our own discretions. And we want to blame everybody except for who we need to blame. <coughs> now, understand what's going on here. In this storyline about Abraham at this interval in his life, Abraham is saddened, he's heartbroken, and distraught over this child. If you remember, he was praying, talking to God. When God said, listen, I'm going, there's still going to be a child. You're going to have a child. And your wife, Sarah, is going to give birth. And Abraham said to God, 
known that Ishmael might live before you. I want you to see him. Abraham was having some problem here. He was heartbroken. He was distraught. He was going through probably even some depression. Amen. You see, he was 99 years old at the point of turning 100. And he only had one child, one son. His name was Ishmael. He was 13 years old at that time. And Sarah, his wife, was around 90 years old. When God was telling Abraham that him and Sarah was going to have a child and he was 100 and Sarah was 90, <coughs> I'm sure he wanted to tell God the same thing. I told Sister Ed a little bit earlier. Abraham said, look, God, I was born at night, but not this night. Me, a hundred? Sarah, 90? And God, you talking about making a big nation? You see, here's what was going on. This, here was Ishmael, 13-year-old. And trouble, if you go back and read the whole storyline of all this, you're going to know that trouble had been brewing in the household. Strife was between Sarah and Hagar. It looked like there was going to be a separation soon, which there was. Hagar and Ishmael was going to have to leave. Hallelujah. Sarah was telling Abraham that this Ishmael cannot be an heir with our child after that child was born. God told Abraham he was going to make of him a great nation. But Abraham laughs thinking, how can this be? And he being heartbreaking, knowing Ishmael was not a part of the plan. Understand this now. Ishmael was his child, his only child, 13-year-old. And he had done, decided, this is the one that's going to carry my name. This is the one I'm going to pass the inheritance to. I'm getting old. There's nobody else. And there was a connection between Abraham and Ishmael. Maybe you never thought about it much, but I'm here to tell you that Abraham loved that boy. Just as much as you would love any child of yours. Abraham loved him. And he cried out to God, oh, that Ishmael. And there's an exclamation point. In my Bible after this, oh, that Ishmael might live before you, but God says no. No. Why is that? Why was that? He pleaded with God. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you, but God right out said, no, it's not going to happen. Hang it up. It was not meant to be from the beginning. Abraham was a victim of his own indiscretion, his own carelessness, his own blunder. His heart was broken because he listened to someone else other than God. He was going through this pain. He was going through this heartache, not because of the devil or any other factor. He was going through all this struggle because he listened to somebody other than God. Look at Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, and this was back before Abraham had his name changed, had borne him no children. 
and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. And that was, that was already in age here. Back up a little bit. You remember the Bible says that at the time we were talking, Ishmael was 13, so you can deduct 13 from 99. He still wasn't a spring chicken, was he? he? She said, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded to the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Adam, uh, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her, um, gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, so he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Almost immediately, there was a problem. Almost immediately, there was a conflict. I'm here to tell you tonight, I don't care how good the person is. I don't care how much you love the person you're talking to. But there's only one person you better listen to, and that's God. The reason why Abraham was pleading to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you, and he was begging God, amen, to put it all on Ishmael. Hallelujah. Amen. And he was going through trouble and distress and heartache is because he set him on self up for a fall. Oh, somebody needs to listen to me. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Lord, that God, Abraham would have never been in that place if he had not listened to his wife. Hallelujah. God had already told him long before that what his plan was. Abraham knew. Abraham had known the will of God for years because God told him when he called him out of Ur the Chaldees what his plans was. So now he was hearing God say no because he said yes to his wife. Now it ain't so much as his wife had anything to do to it, but I'm here to tell you when God tells you one thing, you better quit listening to everybody else. Now here he was, and God said, look, I cannot let, I cannot let this be what you're praying. I got to tell you, no. Ishmael may have came out of your loins, but his mother is an Egyptian. It's messed up the bloodline. And there's going to be a Savior born to this world centuries further down the line. Whether or not you know it or not, if you go back that part of the Bible that we always skip over when we read through the Bible, all those begets, if you take the time to back them up, you'll find out it's the same line where Christ came from and God was not going to have an Egyptian mess up the blood. Because the blood is what does the work. Can somebody say amen? Mm. Whew. My Lord. Hallelujah. God already had a plan set. Abraham messed up. He was careless. He made a blunder. When Sarai came to him and says, look, I'm going childless. Let my, let my maidservant, just bring it out right. Let my, my, my slave here that we have, let her give birth. And her, 
that will be my child. Abraham heeded to the voice of Sarai when he already knew the plan. You see how all that comes together? You see how it all unfolds? Go back to Adam and Eve. Do you know in the New Testament, the Bible says that, that, that Adam was not deceived. It was Eve. God had told Adam not to eat of the forbidden fruit of the forbidden tree long before God took a rib out from him and made the woman. Amen. We don't know how long Adam lived alone. You read the, you read the pages of the Bible, you might get the idea, well, this happened right after this, this happened right after that. But the first, the first few chapters, first about the first 20 chapters, matter of fact, covers 1,000 years period. Amen. And Adam knew better. Adam knew better. But yet, he partook of it but two. Oh, by the way, while I'm on the subject, go back and look again. Eve took a bite of the fruit and nothing happened. The Bible says she gave to her husband Adam and he did eat and then their eyes was open. The covenant was not with Eve, it was Adam. They didn't receive the knowledge of good and evil until Adam took that bite. It matters who you listen to, church. Abraham was going through the problem that he had. God says, look, it's not going to go through Ishmael. You're going to have a son. Sarah's going to have, uh, have that child. And that seed is going to, from that seed, all the world's going to be blessed. God says no. <coughs> he said yes. In other words, Abraham's pain over this child was self-inflicted. The pain that Abraham was going through was self-inflicted. He brought it on himself. God loved Abraham probably more than any other in his day. But he could not answer Abraham's prayer with a yes because Abraham had drifted from the perfect will of God for his life. Now, I'm fixing to wind up. I'm fixing to close. Please get a hold of this. Because this is the purpose behind this message. This is what you got to leave here with. I said everything else I've said before to bring you to this point. When, when God says no, God has got a perfect plan for every one of your lives. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you got to understand what I'm coming from, or you may think I'm fixing to mess up when I say what I'm fixing to say, but I don't want to just be in God's will. I want to be in God's perfect will. It's been years since I did the study. I might have to get back in it again. But God has got a perfect will, and he's got a permissive will. Things that, things that he really didn't ordain or to want to happen, but he will allow to happen. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish but that all come to repentance. 
But if you fail to hear to Jesus Christ and don't repent of your sins, get baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost, he'll allow you to perish because you have disobeyed him. Abraham was praying for God to answer a prayer that wasn't in God's perfect will. It's kind of like what James says. You pray and don't receive because you pray and ask amiss. To heap up on your own lust. I've seen this too many times a year I've been pastoring just for Christ Family Church. Too many times people's come to me for counseling. And I would get a word from the Lord. I, I know God. Not because of me, but because of me being the shepherd. I know God. Give me what they would need, what his perfect will. But they leave. leave. And like Abraham, go ahead. I'm going to take Hagar anyway. I'm going to marry Hagar anyway. And I'm going to tell you something. If Abraham hadn't disobeyed God, we wouldn't have to worry about Arabs today blowing people up with suicide bombs. They all came from Ishmael. And God, God told his mama that. He said, listen, when, when she found out she was pregnant with Ishmael, she said he's going to be a wild man against every other man, and every other man's going to be against him. My. Abraham was praying against the perfect will of God. And God loved him enough to tell him no. Just like you as a parent, if your child asks you for something that you know won't harm them, if you love them enough, even though it's going to break their heart, you're going to tell them no. Romans 12, 1 and 2, my final scripture. I beseech you. I beg you. I plead with you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, God still desires people to be holy. Acceptable to God. What you your reasonable service. God don't ask you to do nothing beyond reason. And do not be conformed to this world. People that's been raised in Pentecost know the scriptures in because it's like Acts 2.38. It's been preached. 999,009 million times. But we're still conforming ourselves to the pattern of the world. Instead of us leading the world, the world's leading us. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't just strive to be in God's will. Don't just say, well, you know, God, God's permitting me this. You better be careful. There's going to be some people be lost who was following the permissive will of God. God wants to say yes to all your prayers. But we put him in a position sometimes where he has to say no. Amen. God wants to say yes to everything we pray. That's why we need to learn to pray according to the will of God. This is hard to deal with. But we don't have nobody 
I don't believe, I hope not, in here that's facing in, uh, immediate death or something like that that we know about. You don't ever know. We might fall out before we leave here at night. When it comes, we all know God's a healer. There's no doubt about that. We all seen him heal. But sometimes that loved one of yours or that family member that you keep begging and pleading God to let them stay here, you could be the cause of them lingering and suffering because you're praying a selfish prayer. Because the Bible does say there is a sickness unto death. And when somebody is sick unto death, I don't care 15 million old Robinsons can lay hands on them and they ain't going to be healed. But we're like Abraham and Sarah. There's some things that we just want so much for ourselves that we fail to pray according to the will of God. Some of this stuff is hard. Some of it's tight. But we need to be concerned about God's perfect will. And if I'm, if I'm praying out of the will of God, that person that I love, that I don't want to see go on to glory, my selfish prayer might cause them to be lingering here causing them to suffer longer than they could suffer, when if they're ready to meet God, they got their peace made with God, you can muster up enough faith and have God to give you the strength and say, God, not mine, but thy will be done. And you tell that loved one, say, listen, don't try to hold on on my behalf. If you're ready to go, you go right on. And that goes with anything that we pray for. Because sometimes, sometimes, God will say no. Let's stand together.